Welcome to Just Sayin', a podcast produced by and recorded at Tri-State Worship Center. Now here are your hosts, Allison Gardner and Pastor Terry Wagner. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Just Sayin' podcast. Hello. My name's Allison Gardner, and I'm here with my pastor, Terry Wagner. Hi, Allison Gardner. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Well, I'm wonderful. Good. And we're here with our sound engineer, Tyler Staten. Hey guys, I'm a little concerned about your response. <laughs> I, I don't believe it. Yeah, it's it's been a little crazy Monday morning, yeah. but it it happens. It happens sometimes. Do you need a hug? Uh, <laughs> how about a high five? High five! All right. <laughs> that did happen. You guys can't yeah, see that, can't but they did it. high five. I will affirm that. Thank you. Thank you for that. You're welcome. But today is our last episode of season one. Just saying. It's crazy. It is crazy. It's been a journey. Um, it's flying by. Very thankful. Time flies when you're having fun. That's right. True. Just yeah. saying. Okay. This has been fun. Yes. One of my favorite things to look forward to. And hopefully a little educational. Right. Right. Well, that's that. Hopefully, very educational. That's the goal. While we're having fun, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I can do that. So today we are talking about depression. Ooh, another life issue. That's our theme this season: is life and its issues. So here we go. Bring it on. Bring it on. All right. So my first question is: Was there anyone in the Bible who suffered from depression? Uh, first. Remember, we are looking at these issues through the lens of Scripture, and of course, we're going to address that who who in the Bible, which there were several, believe it or not. Uh, but secondly, uh, defining depression is is something that's kind of hard to do. I mean, there's a lot of things you can look up online. Uh, one author referred to it as the gray drizzle of horror, Ooh. which um, you know that's it's that's pretty drastic. But um, it's a feeling of severe despondency or low hope and low, you know, not much courage, Uh, a feeling of severe despondency. So uh, the answer to your question is yes, several people in the Bible uh, that that I think suffered from some level of depression, Uh, people like Job. Mm -hmm. If you read the book of Job, you'll see several times where you can see he was uh, struggling with some depression. King Saul, King David, uh, Elijah, Jonah, Moses, Jeremiah. I mean, uh, King David wrote in Psalm 143, verse 4, So my spirit grows faint within me. My heart within me is dismayed. I think we could say that, you know, that was probably some some struggle with depression. Now, here's one that, that you might take me to task on, but... I think Jesus struggled with some bouts at at certain level of depression. Isaiah 53 and 3 says that the Messiah was a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. Um, In the garden, through the night, Jesus is praying. He's alone. He's calling to his father. And in Mark chapter 14, it says that he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Uh, Again, I, I, I would... I would not fight someone for my point here, but I do believe that Jesus struggled with depression at some level or else how, how else could he say that he can identify with the things that we struggle with? 
So I think those were just a couple of examples. Uh, but in all these situations, of course, uh, you know, the Bible tells us that God is close to the brokenhearted, to those who are struggling. So, yes, I think there are plenty of examples in the Bible. And uh, I think some of the people that did some of the greatest uh, works for the kingdom uh, are people that, that struggled with, with at least levels of depression. Now, and when I say levels, I mean, there's manic depressive, you know, there's people that are just kind of down. So that's why I think there, there are some different levels that we mess with. But yes, definitely some people in the Bible that, that mm-hmm. had to deal with it. Yeah. So we have plenty of examples to look to. All right. So um, my second question, uh, kind of jumping in a random place, but I'm excited to hear what you say. Should Christians self-diagnose themselves with depression or see a doctor to confirm it as a mental illness? Wow. <laughs> there, there are so many opportunities for us to get things wrong. Mm-hmm. When, when we do the WebMD right. or self-diagnosis, uh, we, we have so many opportunities to get it wrong and... We have this this guy called the devil mm-hmm. that would like to try to convince us of things that uh, you know may not be true. That the the challenging thing with with the enemy, the devil, is is that there always seems to be at least a nugget of truth in what he presents to us. So I think we just have to be very, very, very careful uh, when when it comes to that. I think James chapter one verse seventeen: all good and perfect things come from God. And I think modern medicine is a good thing. And I know that, that some people would take me to task, you know, we got to have faith, we got to believe, we, and, and I'm not arguing that. We do need to have faith, we need to believe, we need to pray. But I do think sometimes modern medicine is a good thing, and that all good things come from above. And I think instead of me trying to say, well, I think it's this or I think it's that, I, I think if I'm really in a place or a season in my life where I'm struggling with something as um, intense as depression, I, I would want to go and make sure uh, to get a, a, a medical diagnosis uh, from that. And I, and I believe we should pray, and I believe there's healing, and I believe there's deliverance, uh, but I'm okay with seeking medical attention uh, when, when I feel like that that's needed. And so whether by miracle or by medicine, you know, all good things come from above. And so I, I, I think we need to be very, very, very careful with self-diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, because, with, with anything. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, because then that leads us to uh, self-medicating. Right. And then that leads us to self-isolating. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just all the self-dash words that you can throw yeah. out there. And so... Um, you know, I, I get it when some people say, you know, hey, I'm a little depressed today. And that's just kind of like a, a saying to try to describe how I feel. But then there's other people that say, hey, I'm struggling with depression right. and I can't seem to climb out. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we're going to pray. We're going to believe. But also I think, you know, modern medicine is a good thing to take advantage of. What do you think about right. that? I just I hear a lot of people tell me that they are depressed mm-hmm. and that they suffer from depression. But never seeking medical care. So it's hard for me to automatically believe that you have a chemical imbalance Mm -hmm. in your brain to cause that just from, you know, your mood swings. You know what I mean? I feel like a lot of people, 
miss self-diagnose themselves. Maybe oh, yeah. maybe you're just suffering from, you know, something different than depression and you're putting this burden on yourself that you don't even need to carry. Well, do you think do you think there's some people that that would just say that you know, it, it, almost as a uh I don't want to say fad. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hate saying it that way, but right. you know, I just say, well, you know, I just feel depressed today or I'm, I'm, I'm depressed and not really thinking of it in the sense of mental illness yeah. as much as or just a, emotionally. Or, or as a diagnosis. Right. But yeah. Just. Yeah. And, and, the, and the problem with that is, okay, I, I, you know, I, I feel a little depressed today. Okay, I get that. But now what? You know, so then what's next? What are you going to do? Are you going to, are we going to get out of this? Are we going to, you know. Right. exercise more or, you know, <laughs> right, right. surround ourselves with better people. I mean, what are yeah. we going to do? Yeah. Or are we going to go to the doctor and find out if the doctor thinks that I need to be, you know, have right. some medicine to help balance me out? Right. right. I do think that um, it's a good thing that mental illness has, um, you know, become something that we can talk about now instead of just putting it off to the side. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I do feel that... Um, Young people especially have just so easily just, you know, taken that upon themselves to it's interesting. name themselves depressed. It's interesting that, uh, and, and Allison is 17, <laughs> yes. allison.com. Um, <laughs> oh my but, but it's interesting that you said, because I think there's, there, there's, there are a lot of facets of life, a lot of dynamics of life that it seems like today's world you know, we we have these little places that we can kind of plug it in. You know, I, I'm depressed. Again, not medically diagnosed, but just, you know, I think I know what depressed is, so I'm, I feel like I'm depressed, yeah. so I'm depressed. I'm or, having these all of these symptoms. Exactly. So, yeah, exactly. I must be. Or, or like we talked about a couple weeks ago, anxiety, you know, the... Uh, whether we completely understand all the nuances of anxiety and depression... We just kind of throw it out there, and sometimes I think we even talk ourselves into it. Yeah. Right, yeah. I think and I feel, therefore I am. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Was that confused? Not confused. Socrates? I don't remember. I think maybe one of them. One of them guys. older yeah. guys. One of them old guys. Yeah. <laughs> Socrates. Socrates. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, <clears throat> my next question is, is it wrong for Christians to rely on medication to help with uh, depression? Is it wrong for Christians to rely only on medication? I would say mm. you're selling yourself short. You know, if it's just, if you say, "Hey, I got I got the medication, I got diagnosed, and that's what I'm I'm going to go with," I think you you're selling yourself short because there is healing available. But is it? Do I think it's it's okay for Christians to be medicated for certain mental illnesses? In this case, for depression, yeah, absolutely. Because, I, again, I think all good things come from above. And if there is something that will help balance me and help me to, uh, to get that chemical back in line, then I think that's a good thing. But I, I think that we should never assume um, that, that there are no medical issues that need attention. I don't think we should ever assume that, you know, well, I, I feel this way. And so I'm going to go to the doctor. I'm going to. I'll be diagnosed, and I'll get some medicine, and then just say that's that. I think that that as believers, we have to constantly and continually believe that, you know, I, I can receive healing from this. Um, 
And and I appreciate what you said a second ago, and that is that, uh, again, unfortunately, the church has not been good mm-hmm. at dealing with it, uh, whether it's because we don't understand it or, or we don't accept it. Uh, instead of helping someone, instead of walking with someone in these situations, we we have swept it under the rug, and, and for that, you know, we, we should probably repent and try to help people. But to just solely rely on medication, again, I, I think we're leaving money on the table when we do that. I got to remember, I, I say all these old sayings, and then I remember <laughs> Allison probably doesn't recognize or identify with any of them. So, um, but to sell ourselves short and, and, and knowing that we can be healed from it. But I don't think it's wrong. I just think it's wrong to solely rely on yeah. medication. That's good. All right. So um, my next question is, can joy from the Lord, not mm. joy as the world defines it, jo- biblical joy and uh, depression coexist in someone's life? Again, I, I'm pretty sure someone's would, would like to say, well, hey, Pastor Terry, you're just talking semantics here. But... Um, Happiness is based on happenings. I'm going to be happy when good things happen. I'll be sad when sad things happen. But as you mentioned already, Nehemiah 8.10, it's the joy of the Lord that's our strength. Mm -hmm. And the difference there is happenings can change all the time. Happenings can change every minute. But the Lord never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So our joy our fulfillment in him, our walking in this life as an overcomer, that should never change. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Can they coexist? Yeah, because I think they're two different things. I think happiness based on happenings, joy based on Jesus. So that's never going to change. My joy should never change. But my emotion of happiness, it, it can change. And, and I don't Again, someone could probably take me to task and, and send me a, 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 a biblical scripture to twagner977 at <laughs> gmail.com uh, to kind of maybe argue with me about this. But I don't see anywhere in the Bible where the Lord is all that concerned with our happiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he is concerned with our joy. But I don't, a lot of people say, you know, hey, I'm a Christian and I deserve to be happy. Yeah. Well, who told you that? <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, he is concerned with our joy. He is concerned with our salvation. Mm-hmm. He is concerned with our hope. Um, but the happiness part, I think he's more concerned with our holiness than he is our happiness. Mm. Yeah. And so it's the joy of the Lord that, that becomes my strength. So I think that while depression or anxiety or stress, you know, can be a constant companion, it can be that thing that just seems to constantly be there. Uh, it's my joy in Jesus that that is my strength, and that never changes. Coexist, yes, um, but keep. I think we just need to keep the definitions in plain view, mm-hmm. so that we don't uh, don't confuse the two. That happiness is going to change, but joy is going to be on on Christ, and that's never going to change. Right. Does so, that make sense? Yeah. So we're categorizing joy as something different that will last, but depression and happiness are in the same category yeah, I, I, as emotions. I mean, you, do you agree with that? I think I would say yes, that I do agree with do that. Do you want us to give you a minute so you can think no, this out? No. 
<laughs> you know what I, I mean? I just think that it is two different things. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, and, and that's how I would, if someone asked me that question, like you just asked it, that's how I would, that's how I would answer it. I just think it's two different things and, and they can coexist, you know? Right. Okay. So my next question is, what are the right and wrong places to look for coping mechanisms when it comes with to, when it comes to depression? Mm-hmm. Again, answering the question through the lens of Scripture, just saying. Um, the obvious answer for me is the wrong places are when we look. Uh, for coping things like in addictive behaviors. And when I say addictive behaviors, drugs, alcohol, sex, relationships, food, uh, buying, spending, uh, yeah. all those things that when, you know, I, well, I feel depressed, I'm going to go out and buy myself a new whatever, fill in the blank. Um, those are all the wrong places, I think, that, that unfortunately not just uh, unchurched people but church people go mm-hmm. to. Uh, but I think there are several good places that we can go to to find coping mechanism, obviously, number one, God. Um, I don't think we can discount that and say, well, you know, I, I prayed and it didn't help me. I, I think we have to keep our focus on God uh, as, as the prime coping mechanism. But then there's, there's I think, his word. You know, there, I find myself at, at times, I, I'm not going to say I'm... Uh, I'm not going to call it depression, but there are there are times when I get in a funk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I think that what works best for me is that's when I got to push away and say, "Okay, God, show me in Your Word, help me with Your Word," um, and that works for me. I think another coping mechanism, a good one, is just to get around the right people. Mm-hmm. We have uh, we have a lot of people that want to surround themselves with the wrong people, with toxic people that will. F- fuel and feed the depression they're not they're not going to help you with it yeah misery you know, loves company yeah yeah they're going to say oh i understand why you feel that way because i feel that way too because mm-hmm. no i want somebody i want i want a life coach yeah, yeah he'll push you <laughs> do, another, be <laughs> do another do another one Devin. another one i need one. that guy yeah. you know every and, and and that that that's not a person that uh that's out there you know Dealing with the negativity and the depression themselves, I need to I need to surround myself with people that can help me, that can pray for me, that can encourage me, that can bring me up out of that pit when I find myself there, um, and, and realizing that the church did not do that very well for for hundreds of years. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, we're at a place now where you know the church is ready to do that, ready to be that circle of influence that says, listen, I understand why you feel depressed or why you might be depressed, but here's what the Lord says. Here's what the Bible says. Here's what I need you to understand. I want to encourage you today, you know, to, to lift your eyes towards heaven, you know, mm-hmm. where Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father and get your, get your mind off of those things which are down here below. I mean, just I think we just got to surround ourselves with the right people, be at the right places, and, and ultimately... You know that coping mechanism needs to be God, and not all these other things that we end up doing to try to to cope with it. Right. I think it, a lot of it is about perspective too. Um, you may be you may be going through something that is making you feel depressed, and but maybe the maybe the reason you're going through that is because somewhere down the line there's going to be somebody else going through that who, that you're going to speak 
to their life, into their life, and you know, help them deal with that. Maybe they're unchurched, or maybe they're a new believer, and you know, you hopefully as a seasoned uh, Christian will be able to help them, you know, through that time in their life. I think about the was it the anxiety? Yeah, the anxiety episode when you were talking about going to the hospital, mm-hmm. you know, because you had never experienced that, right. but you were, you know, you you were able to, and then now your perspective of visiting people in the hospital has changed because of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You know, and, and I mean, there are, uh, there's a plethora, <laughs> hmm, plethora, <laughs> a plethora of, 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 <laughs> of scriptures, but the one that, that I just, I, I kind of zeroed in on for this episode is Philippians chapter four, verse eight, you know, where it says, uh, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about those things. Mm -hmm. I mean, I cannot overemphasize the importance of how we think. Um, You know, again, Romans 12, 2, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I think that there—that is, I think the the first target of the enemy is to attack our minds, because once he can get us to think uh, a thought, yeah. then he can get us to do a deed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we have to guard that. And so that that scripture in Philippians just tells us: here's what you should really think on. It goes to the old saying, you know, you're going to find what you're looking for. Buzzard finds dead rotting meat right. because that's what he's looking for. Hummingbird's going to find the nectar because that's what the hummingbird's looking for. And I think sometimes we have responsibility. And, and, and let me let me put the little asterisk right here. I'm not saying everybody. I mean, there's people that clinically yeah. diagnosed, depressed, need the medication, and I'm I'm okay with that. I don't want anybody to think that, I'm speaking against that, but I do think there are times when we have a responsibility to think on these things, think on those things that are praiseworthy and that are good and, and quit thinking about, you know, some of the things that number one, we can't do anything about, uh, or think about things that, that bring us down all the way back to episode number two, easier to be pulled down than it is to be lifted up. Um, and, And so I think we have a responsibility but the, I guess the, and maybe I'll just throw this back out on the table and let you guys answer it. I mean, how, when you go to somebody who says, hey, listen, I'm, I feel depressed or I am depressed, how do you approach saying, okay, well, quit thinking that way? Mm-hmm. I mean, how do, you, how do you approach that with somebody? Yeah. Allison? <laughs> well, um, I was just getting ready to say something that happened to me <laughs> oh boy. Uh, a few I weeks ago. I messed you up, didn't I? No, no. It, it, it pertains it to that. Um, I had a friend who told me, you know, that they were struggling with depression and they went and they saw a counselor and um, they just, they were having a hard time. And so I think my first instinct was to, my first instinct was to just be like, well, change your thinking. But what I did instead was point them to scripture. Mm -hmm. And so um, I told them, you know, go look up Psalm 6. And um, that says, O Lord, don't rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your rage. Have compassion on me, Lord, for I am weak. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are in agony. I am sick at heart. How long, O Lord, until you restore me? And then skipping down to verse 6 says, I am worn out from sobbing. All night I flood my bed with weeping, drenching it with my tears. My vision is blurred by grief. My eyes are worn out because of all my enemies. 
Go away, all you who do evil, for the Lord has heard my weeping. The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord will answer my prayer. So I think that one of the best ways that we can help people who say that, just point them to scripture. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't need to be the one who calls them out on their feelings or whatever. Point them to what the truth says Mm -hmm. and pray for them is my first response to that. So, yeah. What do you think, Tyler? I mean, how do you how do you approach somebody? Well, I get, I guess the the first thing that I would do because I, I'm kind of a let's get to the root of the problem kind of thinker, and so I feel like anytime I talk to somebody who they are in a funk or they seem to just be acting different, you know, what's going on? You know, kind of get to the root of it. If they don't know, if they can't pinpoint it back to something, at least semi specific. Um, then I don't know. Maybe maybe that is a an idea that it's it could be more than than just you know taking thoughts captive. Maybe it is a chemical imbalance or something yeah. along those lines. But if if usually if we can get it down to you know this is the reason or these are the reasons I'm feeling this way, then I feel like I ha- I am better prepared to uh, send them in this direction of a specific scripture or or you know what I mean. And a lot of it comes comes back to I think taking those thoughts captive, just changing the way you think. And um, Romans is obviously a very well known and very um, uh, oft used scripture in that respect. And and I think for good reason, you know, mm-hmm. because that's where that's where we get the most done is mm-hmm. is when we can transform our mind and the way we think, we can approach life so much differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's that's always always a good starting place. Yeah, I mean, nothing's going to change in life until we think differently. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's where it all starts is, is with a thought. And both of you touched on, I I read an article on, it was eight strategies dealing with depression, eight, eight different things to do. And you both touched on a lot of these, but just let me just read through the list. I won't give a lot of commentary. (laughs) Maybe, um, Describe the experience, yeah. you know, like, like you said, ask the people to describe what, you know, what are you feeling? What, what is it that you're feeling bad about? Identify the causes. Is there certain, you know, has somebody come in your life, go out of your life? Did you lose a job? Did, are you in a job that, that you don't just, yeah. you know, you need to identify the causes and then you encourage that person to read scripture. Like Allison said, there's, I mean, there's a bunch of scriptures that you mm-hmm. can read. And actually I, I had to, cut my notes down because I had seven pages of scriptures. <laughs> oh, wow, wow. Just yeah. scriptures, you know, yeah. just, and, and there's a lot of them there. But, you know, ask people, with, with you know, that just to get into the Bible and read what God says. You know, you can tell, let's pray. Let's pray about it. Well, I've been praying about it. I don't hear God say nothing. Well, when you can't hear what he's saying, go back to what he already said, and that's in his Bible. Right. And, and you can find it there. Then the other thing is act on the truth. Uh, it says those who seek help first must accept the challenge of faithful obedience, even though they don't feel like it. Yeah. You got to act on the truth, even though it's, this is not a walk of feelings. This is a walk of faith, yeah. and sometimes we have to walk by faith. And you know, I, I said on a, one of my short devotional videos last week that you know, somebody said, "Well, I'll believe it when I see it," but sometimes you have to believe it to see it. So you just have to walk by faith. Yeah. To believe those things, and then you got to look at, at at your lifestyle. I mean, are you? Is there something in life that you can change that will help this this mental state uh, that we call depression? Then you got to resolve conflicts, get to work, and and the eighth one here is they say see a doctor. Which again, I, yeah. I, I don't, I have no problem with that, and it, I, I'm I'm sure we might have some. Uh, 
hyper-spiritual people out there that would not approve of me saying it's okay to see a doctor, but it's right. okay to see a doctor, yeah. you know? All good things come from above. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think part of helping people is is asking them, like, what are you doing to help yourself through this? One of the most common things that I hear is people will you know, put their headphones on and put on sad music and get in <laughs> and the feels, right? Yeah. <laughs> just act like, what is that going to solve? What yeah. is that helping? Yeah. They'll, uh, they'll cut their hair or, um, pierce them, pierce them something. Yeah. It's just <laughs> like, you're just, yeah, no, I, I, I do agree something with you. different. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to get out of it. Well, I, I look at, I look at things like Jesus was the ultimate teacher while he was on earth, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's that's the idea in my head. The picture I get is is him being the ultimate teacher. And, and I when I think of it from a teacher standpoint, if I'm helping my students with something, I'm not just going to give them the answer. I want to see them put forth a little bit of effort to try to figure it out, you know, to try to help themselves. And then when I see where they need help, that's where I insert it. And I think... I think God looks at us the same way. We've got to be willing to put forth a little effort to try to help ourselves, not feed that sadness or depression and take us the other way, right. something that's going to help us move forward in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, so often, yes, we are we are in our weakness. He is strong, but that doesn't mean that we just have to Sit on our butt and, right. and right. wait for yeah. wait for that healing to come. We, we've got a responsibility still to to get up and and try. You mm-hmm. know. Well, yeah. I think the Lord the Lord gave us a brain. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're supposed to use it, and <laughs> and in those times, I mean, I, I need to to not necessarily self medicate. Maybe self motivate. Motivate. Yeah. Now listen, I just made that up. Okay. <laughs> Ooh. That's pretty good. Huh? Wow. Yeah. Another one. Do another. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I think I think we do have a responsibility at some point to say. I, I occasionally pastoring a church and being in the ministry for over thirty years now. Um, you know, there there are moments when again I I I don't define it as depression necessarily, but I can get in a funk, and there is a song. One song. I'm even. I'm going to tell you what it is. Um, I first heard it. My my little brother, my youngest brother Eddie, sang it at a church service. First time I'd ever heard it, and it is the song that is my go-to. You know, everybody's got a go-to, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's Smoky Norful. I need you now. Listen, if you ever get into a funk or you ever feel a little <laughs> depressed, look it up. YouTube it. It's incredible, incredible song, and it simply says. Not another minute, not another second, but right now. I need you right now. Yeah. And I, I, I can tell you over the last five years on Easter Sunday, I promise you every Easter Sunday before I get in the pulpit, I've listened to that song <laughs> 10 times <laughs> because it, that's, it's my, yeah. but my point is I had to do something. Right. I, I can't, de- especially, and I know I'm not supposed to confess this as a pastor, but, you know, as a pastor, everybody else is waiting for you to kind of yeah. lift their spirits. Yeah, yeah. You know, so when I'm down, I mean, who do I got? Right. Exactly. I got the Lord. <laughs> I got his scripture, and I tell him, I need you now. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I, I do think there's a lot of merit in self-motivation. Now, we should always be careful, always be careful, not to tell somebody, you know, what, hey, I feel a little depressed. Well, you shouldn't feel that way. Yeah. You, stop. You, yeah, just stop doing <laughs> just that. Just stop. You can't, That's this is not fair. It's not healthy for yeah. anybody because they do feel that way. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so I think 
but but to say, listen, I understand that you feel that way, but let's try this, yeah. and yeah. then you know some right. of the coping mechanisms, you know that we've talked about. Yeah. You know? All right. So my last question, going out with a bang. Ooh. Here we go. <laughs> Should we put our own mental health above serving or loving other people? <laughs> I, I, I think the most effective person to impact the kingdom is a person that obviously is spiritually and mentally healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, saying that, we can't get to a, a healthy place unless we take care of ourselves. We, we need to take care of ourselves. The problem is, is when we take care of ourselves to the point where We've set up these 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 force fields where we can't get to anybody else. We're just worrying about ourselves, taking care of ourselves, and, and a person that can't serve others is it may be they may be missing out on opportunity for themselves to be yeah. healed by serving other people. Um, you know the whole walk a mile in my shoes kind of thing. So I think if we get too self absorbed. Uh, it, it makes it really difficult for us to be selfless and unselfish to be able to reach out and touch other people. And so I, I get it. I mean, uh, depression, like other diseases and other disorders, um, it might be something that people can't always cure. I mean, we might need to see a doctor. We might need to have a support group. But don't get, don't lose in that the responsibility that we do have to, to reach out to others. Mm-hmm. Um, others that might be going through the same thing that you're going through that may need some help. Um, others that might need an encouraging word or others that might need to hear your story that, that you can help help them along by simply sharing your story. And so I, I don't want to say to anybody, listen, just don't worry about yourself. Just make sure you're always serving other people. That's not what I'm saying at all. We do have to worry about ourselves. We do have to make sure that we're we're spiritually and mentally healthy, physically healthy, but we can't get so self-absorbed in that that we miss opportunities to help other people, especially when our experience might be exactly what they need to hear yeah. or or something that we can share with them that maybe we walked through five years ago. I can share it with somebody and that helps them. But I'll, I'll never see that opportunity as long as I'm looking inward all the time, you know, you just, the, the kingdom is about forward thinking and forward going and outward looking. And if I'm constantly looking in, um, then I'm probably going to miss some opportunities. And so we, we have to be really, really careful, uh, about that. We need to be careful though. You know, uh, I, I do need to, to make sure that I'm mentally and spiritually and physically healthy. Sometimes I can't, get there because of the people I've surrounded myself with thinking that I'm helping them Mm -hmm. when really it goes back to what you said, misery loves company. And all I'm doing is surrounding myself with people that are like, yay, Terry, you know, you're down and out. You stay after it, boy, you get there. You know, uh, I, I need people around me that are going to, matter of fact, uh, Jake, my secretary, she has an aunt, uh, named Daffy and Daffy uh, was in a choir that I directed for, for several years, church I went to a few years back, and uh, she was going to make me a tie that said, "I'm allergic to negative people," <laughs> because I am. I just, I, I just don't. It's hard for me, but yet, 
in the in the framework of this question, I might miss an opportunity, right? Right? If I'm constantly pushing those people away because I don't I don't want them I don't want to get that negativity on me, <laughs> right. you know? Yeah. And so I, I don't I, I I'm I'm okay with making sure you're healthy spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally, but don't ever lose sight of what this is all about, and that is that we're in this thing together, right? You know, and that, and that there's people out there we. We could probably help with our experience. Yeah. And if you're coping in the right way and, you know, seeking help from the Lord and seeking truth, then that should push you to the point where you're, you are spiritually sound enough to be among people who might have earlier in life tear you down. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. It shouldn't, you, you shouldn't live your whole life staying away from those people because you think you're too weak to be able to handle it. Right. It's like we talked about in the alcohol and, and drug abuse episode. Um, you know, you should, you, you should mature to that point, you know, where you can. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and when we, and when we don't do that, we, I think we hinder our own growth from that, from that point on, you know, I think don't, the Lord's never going to waste your pain. He's always going to use it for something, for the good. And, but, but if we kind of shut that down and, and not allow uh, him to use that, then, then I think we're doing the kingdom a disservice by saying, oh, you know, I, this, is, this is about me and this is my problem and this is my issue and I'm going to cuddle it and nurture it, you know, and then miss out on opportunities. Yeah. And so I, I think we, we need to be, even in our darkest moment, I, I mean, the Lord could use that. Mm-hmm. And, and we just have to be willing and ready to, to let him use that. Right, right. So. All right, that was, that was great. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, our plan is to wrap up the season and transition into season two is to have a transition episode where we do like a speed round, I guess, of answering whatever questions you have. So make sure you send in your questions to twagner977 at gmail.com and uh, we'll feature it in our next episode. Um, As always, we love you guys and we'll see you next week. See you.